Hey, welcome to Four and the Boy episode. Uh, this is episode six, yes. And um, what 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 do you have over there, uh, Boyton? Well, what I have here is our new guest. Our new guest. Did yeah. They, did they pass the background check finally? Like they passed with flying colors. Oh. Although it doesn't fly, it just kind of flaps its wings around. Oh, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this is Gary the Gobbler. What? <laughs> and what? yes, um wait, does he have an IMDb like is he an official actor? Uh well, you know what? I think you may have seen him in many a films um uh-huh. that have anything to do with the day of Thanksgiving and um and the pilgrims and such. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Okay. Well, and uh, <laughs> no, this wasn't my idea. <laughs> what questions are you going to ask him? Okay. What's um? Wait, I was gonna ask him what's his favorite side dish to have with him. <laughs> Don't that's, ask him that. It's pretty dark, dude. Like. <laughs> Imagine if the turkey had a holiday where he like ate a human once a year. Would you be offended by that? Or I think that would be a good movie. Can uh, you imagine like a family of turkeys? They're 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 getting ready for Thanksgiving, and then they, they they have this like like this human um, you know corpse lying on there with a big apple in its mouth, and uh -huh. they're about to feast on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be uh pretty dark. Um Yeah. Do you think he should What do uh, you think about that? <laughs> should he pitch that to uh Wild Dogs? Yeah. Michael Fred will make that? May maybe. maybe. No, no, maybe. I think it's more of a magical a hammer. Magical hammer. A production type oh, thing. See. Yeah, yeah. But um how do you think his acting abilities are? Like have you acted with him before? Well, um he can uh gobble on cue. Okay. <laughs> like, like uh, tell, tell him to do it. Uh, and action. Actually, there is a fun fact. The turkey did help us out on the guard room shoot. So. Oh, okay. All right. Good. So good. I think that's his first credit. I'm not sure. All I'll right, have to check right. his page. Well, you know, it's it it is kind of sad that we did kind of miss the Thanksgiving episode. Uh, that was supposed to be, you know, several I mean, weeks he, ago. He could have been eaten for the Thanksgiving episode, so maybe there it's a good go. thing. Yeah, he instead he's racking up IMDb credits. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't have to stress about Thanksgiving until next year. Because as if we put ourselves in the turkey shoes, mm -hmm. like just. I think it would be very stressful for his species because you have to be like, oh, I hope yeah. they don't pick me, you know? You know your your uh, little fleece, it's the color of cranberry. Yes. And just making me think, <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I didn't mean it like that. Right, he's freaking out a he's little. He's freaking okay, out. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, once I mentioned the cranberry, he thought I was, you know, you know. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I hey, mean. All right, all right, all right. That's a dish that's made from, like, Oh, wait, wait. This is where their ears are? <laughs> I was like, don't listen, don't listen. 
<laughs> I don't want him to us to hear. I mean, I don't want him to hear what we're talking. Uh, you know, like of course, of course, like mashed potato. Well, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, he probably eats potatoes. They're like a, a vegetable in his diet. You would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But um, what do you think his favorite movie is? Um, let's see. Now you're forcing me to think. What do you think his favorite movie is? Um, that's a good question. I think it's probably not a Thanksgiving film because it's. Are, are, are there any Thanksgiving movies? I mean, besides the recent slashers. Um, there's a few. It's not as popular as the Christmas movie genre. Okay. I think Thanksgiving gets it's more underrated in terms of the cinema world. Yeah. Which is a little sad because you know. Um, I haven't seen him his acting range, but I'm sure he'd like the chance to express himself mm-hmm. because you know this industry is mostly dominated by humans. Okay, and um, I think <laughs> you're really you're really going with this, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, we'll be we'll dive deep into the conversation with the turkey because he's the guest, so I'm sure he's going to give us a lot of good insight mm-hmm. into what it's like to be a turkey actor. And um, hopefully he'll give us some good pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he wants to be a turkey director. Who knows? So, <laughs> Speaking of like holiday movies, did you know Pluto TV has a Hallmark channel and they play like Christmas movies like all year round? Really? Yeah, and they're, they're really bad movies. But if you just want like something to fall asleep to i mean they're they're good and they all pretty much follow the same formula okay you know you know if you won't need a good title for like a creepy thanksgiving movie it should be called like thanks grieving that'd be a good Mm -hmm. (gasps) oh thank goodness i've been starving all morning i thought i'd never find something to eat you you You, gary gobbler he was our guest oh no really (laughs) yeah well (laughs) Oh man! I'm sorry. <laughs> did it? Well, I didn't Thor. mean to ruin the show. Thor, go preheat the oven, please. Preheat the oven. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to act fast. That's not gonna stay good for very long. Oh, okay. You want to cook, cook the guest? guest? <laughs> well, there's... Uh, you know, I don't think Gary would want to go to waste. So. Okay. Well, well give me, give me Gary. I'll take him to the oven. <laughs> sorry about that. We don't have a guest. What are we gonna do? Well, it looks like our guest today will be this person, the lovely Cheryl Quinn. <laughs> and so, Cheryl, didn't you celebrate Thanksgiving? What What's with the murder of uh, Gobbly, uh, the turkey there? <laughs> Gobbly? <laughs> you mean Gary the Gobbler? <laughs> oh Gary man, gobbler. I killed Gary. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, well, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't believe in um, murdering innocent turkeys for no reason, unless you're really hungry. Okay. You know what? I, I you know what I think. What? Cheryl want to steal his shine because he was the lucky new guest on our show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So you just pretended you were a big Thanksgiving mm. fan. Well, you know, I, I saw what you guys were doing and I kind of wanted to be part of the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the show. Yeah, um, welcome to the yeah. show. It's, it's, it's uh, good to finally have you over here in um, my new place. I know uh, we did a show back in the days with Derek mm -hmm. and uh, now I have a new podcast with Thor. Hello. Yeah. 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 And uh, you've listened to a few episodes, so it's yeah, a little, it's a little quirkier than our previous show. What, what do you think? Yeah, I've been enjoying it. The production quality is great. I love all the added animations and sound effects. It's really mm -hmm. fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, we recently just worked together. We wrapped the guard room. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm really excited to see how that turns out. That was really fun. So, yeah, like, you look really cool, like, in your scenes. I don't want to, like, spoil <laughs> anything, but... Oh, thank you, thank you. It's definitely pretty awesome. And uh, did you have a favorite part about playing that role? Because, um... Uh... Well, it was a fun role to play. It was fun to put together. It was uh, different from anything else I've done. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know. I really enjoyed that night with all the the stairs and the cityscape. I felt mm -hmm. like something about that just felt really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, that was a fun shoot, definitely. Yeah. And uh, you've been in a few scenes with Cheryl, right, Boyton? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Cheryl and I were in the long street together. She played mm -hmm. my fiance. And that was uh, like a really raunchy comedy I did a few years ago. Well, we've done it. We've been, uh, been fiancés in a couple. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. And then she was uh, my fiance in a film that I wrote and directed called Secret Bliss. Mm -hmm. But that, yeah, I think the long streak is the one where I first met Cheryl, actually. Yeah, and that's then... how we first met, and it was and it was crazy too because uh, we'd also I'd also just sign on for Justin Smith's project and yep. i don't know how you knew it right away but like we met and then you're like oh you're on justin's thing too and so it's yeah. like oh, i nice think i saw you. on imdb oh because yeah. he already gave us the he credit. puts the credits on like yeah well i mean <laughs> I, I i like to say like years before it's finished but he just puts it on indefinitely i mean he... <laughs> yeah so you know it was cool because then we ended up spending a lot of time together and yep, it's like yep. we automatically just became friends and yeah 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 and yeah and justin's project was fun to work on just because i got to see you guys mm -hmm. you and olga and um derek and everybody else like everybody else in our crew was yeah super that, fun. that was i think we had like a nice like because we were like kind of like the core group of that film like yeah. we were the party goers we were the ones that were always hanging out every weekend mm -hmm. we we're the ones that i mean you were a we our group was that way but then you and derek were the were the doctors we're the doctors yeah 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 so and then you you guys kind of became attached to our group in a sense mm -hmm. um i really wish that movie would come out but you know <laughs> Because I'd, I'd really like to see some of the footage from it because it... Yeah, you had some yeah. really good footage. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. Gone with the Dead? Yeah, like shooting it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's supposed to come out December 29th. Oh, really? According to what I heard from Oga, who asked the director. Because I guess he said he had... He had, <laughs> he, had 
he was working with like nine editors, but they all kind of like flaked out on him. So now he's editing it. So a lot of work. Yeah. But it is kind of like a weird date to like launch your film because it's like yeah a lot of people are traveling traveling then i don't know it's we'll we'll see see what happens like is it supposed to be symbolic i don't know i feel like usually something's like new year's eve-ish it's it's like has something to do with the holiday i don't know yeah Yeah, so we'll see um because december 29th is next Friday, it's like a week away, so we'll see Yeah, that's wild. Because Cheryl and I, we started shooting that in, like, July of 2019. Yeah. Was it 19 or 18? I think it was 2019, because in 2019, we uh, shot the Long Street. Um, Yeah, it was 2019. Uh Uh-huh. It was. Was it? It was. It was. It was the end of 2019. So we started in the summer of 2019, and then we... And then it stretched to like winter of 2019. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. either way, I mean, it's 2024 yeah. in a few days. I mean, like in a couple weeks. So yeah. Um, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know time flies. Yeah. So yeah, we've worked on several things together, and now you like so so far all of our guests have been the guard room guests. i mean but this time i I asked cheryl and uh, i was just like it just turns out that that's how it worked out that's 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 how it worked out you know what you know what from here on out we might as well just go right down the guard room i mean Uh, if we get fred on (laughs) yeah get fred on they could ask uh nose we could ask bob payne we could ask steve tanabi we could ask trent is trent's in it right is and oh wow there's so many like because i played like such a specific part in it like there's yeah. so many people that i don't even realize are in it yeah a lot of people jeremy tanako mm-hmm. so on and so forth i know and you were going to be in it so i mean i guess technically you're in all the podcast episodes but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the um how was the uh the, the remote duty last episode did you get tired what remote duty you know, when you had to, like, fast-forward my episode when I was thinking on the script? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, so, it's funny. You did to, you told me to record that part. And um, I was recording... I recorded it while I was at, in a, at a hotel. Because mm-hmm. um, my girlfriend and I, we did a little staycation in Pacifica. Mm. And... Because uh, she had to use this, like, credit that was about to expire for, like, uh, Marriott Hotels. So we just stayed in Pacifica one night and uh, we ate oysters over there. And, our, and I almost totally forgot about like recording that thing. I recorded it the next morning, actually. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I was like wondering what this was about. But he made me s- record this sh- short thing about where my where I say, how long does this guy need to think? <laughs> because like while he's writing the script in the last episode, he's just <laughs> constantly thinking. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's hard to write and talk at the same time. So there are some parts where I was just like thinking or reading through what I written. Yeah. And so I had to like fast forward that part. Yeah. It, it'll make sense when you watch the yeah. the episode. But um. Well, yeah, it's really hard to carry anything just by yourself without someone to yeah. <laughs> counterbalance. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So do you do you have anything cool that you're working on right now? Yeah, I've been um. I have a few things slated for beginning of next year. Um, a lot of ideas 
So I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how things are going to happen yet. But the next project I'm going to be working on is, it's a actually like a Russian spy film. It's supposed to be style after like the Humphrey Bogart film noir oh, style. Yeah, I'm really excited okay. about it. We have our first in person rehearsal tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. Ooh. Yeah, it's really cool. I haven't had anything where I play Russian yet, so. I'm excited, and I'm also like, I have to get this right. <laughs> have you been working on the accent? I have, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> Can we get a little sneak peek or no? <laughs> you don't have to. I don't know. It makes me nervous. It makes me very nervous. Okay. okay. Hey, that's it sounds good. It I sounds like it. good. Thank you. It thank sounds you. natural. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> that's all I know. Um, but okay. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about like uh, your film stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is... Uh, Again, this is like kind of more of a quirky podcast than the one I previously did with right. Derek. Uh, we get into a few s segments on food here. So while we're on the um, uh, food topic, uh, what do you guys, you guys want to talk about? Like, since we're talking about Thanksgiving and stuff, um, mm -hmm. like what your favorite dish, uh, what do your Thanksgiving look like? Like, what, what do you guys normally eat? Is it just a traditional stuff? Yeah, well, it depends on... Um, what I feel like on Thanksgiving, because like the rest of my family, like my dad and my sister are here in California. They don't really care about Thanksgiving, but I love Thanksgiving if I'm not working. So if I'm not working, I'm like, hey, guys, let's get together. And then like, you know, we'll make a ham or and like I'll make the stuffing and the potatoes and yams and all the stuff. Like I like to make all the stuff. But, you know, if I'm working or if I'm like not really in the mood, then we then we don't really do anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this year I was working and so I got breakfast with my sister and that was pretty much it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, we usually just keep it kind of traditional too. So this kind of the basic, basic stuffs. Yeah. So I usually like the mashed potatoes and the turkey and the, the cranberry. Mm -hmm. And my mom usually makes some like really good rolls. Ooh. So mm. those are pretty good. And then usually the desserts, we do like the pumpkin pie. Yeah, I love and that's pumpkin usually pie. good. So, mm -hmm. yeah. How about you, Boyton? Is your yeah? I mean, like the last few years, like you know, as my parents have gotten much older, like we we just go out for um, whenever we, you know, eat any on any holiday, and um, we'll have like you know sometimes they'll have like a Thanksgiving themed meal where you can by the all-you-can-eat buffet over in Fairfield, over at the, I think it's called the Courtyard Marriott. Oh, um, yeah. It's a, but if you buy like this, if you make reservations, you can buy like um, all-you-can-eat for like 40, 50 bucks and everything's like turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, all, all that stuff. So okay. yeah, I've always loved like, like Thanksgiving type food yeah. yeah it's very com comforting like yeah that's what i was gonna say comforting like i'm not a huge fan of turkey on its own because mm -hmm. i think a turkey is one of the more blander proteins mm -hmm. but um slathered with like gravy and all that stuff it's actually really really good have you seen that popeyes will sell you like a cajun turkey what? Cajun turkey? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Around Thanksgiving time, they'll have like this Cajun turkey, but I've never... Maybe one year me and you should try it. Well, I've been told that if you cook the turkey right, like, because there's people who take it seriously and like, will start cooking it like, 
two days before they'll just have it on a really low key mm -hmm. so it's really tender Ooh. and i've been told that that's like amazing but who's got the time for that i don't like yeah so well, i i kind of opt more for i'll get a i'll cheat i'll get a rotisserie chicken that's already made or maybe yeah. a ham that's like pre-cooked and then you just heat it up yeah i mean the slow cook concept kind of works for any kind of meat because mm -hmm. yeah if you have like a crock pot you could take you could basically take like the cheapest cut of meat like chuck roast or something and throw it in there and it's going to taste delicious uh, as long as you put the right stuff in with it but i think there's just something about slow cooking that makes me you know like you know easy to eat super tender yeah um you don't do you cook a lot at home or not really no. like i mostly i mostly cook stews like mm. i'll make chili mm. i really like chili like anything you can no. throw in an insta pot like I... I'm, not, I'm just thinking of this it's nothing about with you it's, i'm <laughs> thinking of chili and i immediately think of this scene in the office where uh you, kevin malone in the office uh -huh. he gets so excited to bring this big old vat of chili on like a potluck day and he uh -huh. says he wins awards for this chili every year and as he's walking into the office with this big vat of chili, he just spills it all over the oh, no. floor. And then he's trying to scoop it up with like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like actually kind of sad. It, oh. it, yeah. Probably hard to clean up too. Yeah, oh. yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll have to show you that scene later so you know what, it's, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that sounds hilarious. Yeah. So did you know the day before Thanksgiving is the most popular day for pizza? Because nobody wants to cook that day. I oh, didn't I know. So, yeah, that's like that makes sense. Yeah. So out of all the pizza chains, um, what are some of your top favorite choices? Where do you uh, like to order from? Well, I don't. I don't have a lot of pizza now. Like I can't have a lot of dairy, but mm -hmm. I do really like Sliver Pizza. They have this phenomenal sliver vegan pizza. Sliver Pizza. I mean, it's a chain, but there's a few. Like, there's one in Oakland on 51st Street. There's another one. It's a chain, though. Like, they're all over the place, but that was the main one okay. I've been to. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wait. Now, going back real quick. Did you, did you say you can't have dairy? Is that what it is? Yeah, I can't really. Well, I'm lactose intolerant. Like, oh, which like... I found out, like, a couple years ago. And I'm like, oh, my life is ruined because I lived on cheese and yogurt. So is, is, like, can you have a little bit of dairy or not at all? I, I just would rather not risk it. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather not risk it. Has it, has it, um... Do you, do you feel like it's kind of benefited you to cut out dairy in general? Yeah, like I mean, because it's not actually good for you. There's there's this myth that uh, milk is like high in calcium, but mm -hmm. it actually depletes you of your natural calcium. So milk is actually not good for people in general. Well, they had, they had that campaign in the 90s where it's like, if you want strong bones, yeah, drink milk. Well, and mm -hmm. the reason behind that was because I guess when things started getting outsourced or something, like all there were all these cow farmers making milk. And for some reason, it wasn't as big of a thing anymore. And so the government had to pay all these farmers for their milk. And mm -hmm. so they were like, well, we're just going to take all this milk and like give it to the Americans. That's why there's so much milk in schools and so much promotion of milk as a healthy product. Well, I mean, like if you if you look at like 
uh, what they were promoting as far as diet goes in mm -hmm. general, like back in the days. I mean, so the, remember they used to have the food pyramid, right? Mm -hmm. And then like, um, like what you were supposed to get the most of was like grains and carbohydrates and starches <laughs> and, and, and then the yeah and at the very the very least that you needed was like proteins and things like that turns it turns out that uh food pyramid was completely upside down yeah. and it's because of um all these companies like kellogg's and all these companies that uh, were pushing cereal bread mm -hmm. and all that stuff they had a lot of money to gain out of pushing that. So they wanted more people to consume sugar, carbohydrates, and stuff that's just like, you know, stuff that you love, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was marketed, you know, during my... It worked for you, Thor, to send because he loves candy. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, but I love candy, too. So, mm -hmm. uh, oh, so let's... let's Speaking of what, what are your two-go candies? <laughs> uh, my two-go candies? I, I love Kit Kats. Oh, Kit Kats. We, yeah. we, we, I think we all agree on Kit Kat. That's one that always comes up. Yeah, it's, it's the perfect candy because it's mostly wafers, so it's light. And then you just have the... So it's not like too much sugar, too mm -hmm. much chocolate. It's Great texture. Just yeah, the texture. It's got that crunch. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the candies with caramels in them, it's just too chewy, I feel like. So I really like Kit Kats. Uh, oh, and peanut butter cups, obviously. Oh, Reese's. yeah. Okay. Those are yeah, good. I yeah, love yeah. Reese's peanut butter. Or even better is the Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Those mm. are so good. Trader Joe's has some good candy. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, uh, I, I had their, I don't, it's like their version of the Swedish fish or whatever. Oh, uh -huh. I haven't had that. I, I, I think, do you know what I'm talking about? I know the, the Swedish fish. fish. Yeah. I haven't had the Trader Joe version. I think that's what it is. But yeah, it's it's super good. Mm -hmm. Oh. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. This is this is a thing Boyton does. He gets up and leaves the podcast. <laughs> so what I have here is Haribo candy cane gummies. Oh, oh. candy cane gummies. So it's seasonal. And the seasonal uh, candies are usually really good from Haribo because um, they don't, they're not, they haven't been on the shelf that long. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you don't know how long some of these gummy bags have been on the shelf. Yeah. With, um, with, because the, the, some, some of them just don't get picked up. Uh, but these uh, seasonal ones are made very currently. So they, unless they're from last year. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> But um, <laughs> we should all try a piece. Uh, all right. A red one. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Take as much as you want. But just keep in mind that you'll be chewing it. There. Okay. I want to try one of the white cool. ones too. <laughs> well, what's the green ones taste like? Are they like mint? Oh, or, apple. Oh, candy apple. Oh, I like apple. I'll try one of each. It's got a pretty good mm -hmm. flavor. <laughs> okay. Mm. So, I'm trying the green apple one first. Mm-hmm. I did the white one first. What's the white one flavor? Um, I'm on there. What's that? The white one is or sugar plum. Okay. Mm. And then the red one is cherry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What one did you try first? The white one. Mm. 
It is chewy. Mmm. It's really good, actually. I don't know if you saw that. Hello. <laughs> it's weird because I'm like, <laughs> this is gonna drive the listeners nuts just hearing it through. It's gonna drive the editor nuts later. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if you did. You see the episode with me and Olga? Mm, oh, I listened to it. Us and Olga. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were trying uh, candy corn in that one mm -hmm. because. Uh, we were talking about how it's so like nobody likes it for, for some I like reason it. you like candy corn yeah i like it i don't eat a lot of it but yeah like when i was a kid i would always like you know eat it in sections like you have mm. the little white part and then the orange and then the mm. yellow hey, hey you found yeah. the candy corn fan like it's not as good if you just eat the whole candy corn you have to let bite off the little mm. colored parts mm -hmm. wow i'll have to try that that technique mm -hmm. well we're not gonna get candy corn for like another year yeah, which I realized it's all the same flavor, but I didn't think mm -hmm. that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. It was Holly who brought that up, mm -hmm. and so she said if you pair the candy corn with a hot cup of coffee, the flavors work well together. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried that. Because she said the bitterness, the, the bitterness of the coffee is balanced out by the sweetness of the candy corn and vice versa, and they just work in harmony. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's that. But yeah, yeah. So uh, we we do go into our little food talks on this uh, show here. Are you a uh, ice cream or gelato person, Boyton? If you had to pick one to have right now, ice cream or gelato? Yeah. Let's see. I know. I mean, like, I'd say ice cream. I mean, like, I it's it would sound like I'm more of a fancy person if I say gelato, but. I don't know. I, I just feel like ice cream has always been cons consistently like good for me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you can't go wrong with classic ice cream. So yeah. Wait, what's your what's your ice, favorite ice, ice cream, cream, cream flavor? My favorite ice cream flavor. Flavor. Yeah, let's go there. Depends on the day, but mm. I really like the mint with mm. the chocolate chips. That's a good flavor. Mm -hmm. I never liked mint ice cream. Oh no. No. I know some people don't because they're like it's they're like this reminds me of toothpaste, but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um cookies and cream is a good one. Mm. I love cookies, cookies and, cream. and cream. That's so good. I think any ice cream with peanut butter works well. Um Yeah. Yeah, it it, it does work well. I don't as long as like the peanut butter part isn't like overdone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, last year I tried this, like, spicy ice cream, which is just weird. Spicy ice good, cream. That good, though. Yeah, they had, a, they put, like, some type of pepper in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. But, yeah, you would take a bite and you would feel, like, the coldness, but then the, the heat <laughs> would <laughs> that's, linger. That's strange. And so it was strange, because it's like, I'll take another bite to cool down, but mm -hmm. then you're just mm -hmm. going back and forth. But then again, yeah. wait, you don't eat ice cream anymore. That's oh, I do every once in a while. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I can, okay. Yeah, I You're like, no cheese, but you'll yeah. you'll make an exception with mm. ice cream, huh? Actually, I do have pizza from time to time, too. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You have like a pill or something, right? Yeah, I have my little, time. yeah, the like yeah. pills yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, I love the cookies and cream, dulce de leche. Mm. Is it, yeah, and the Kagan does is my favorite. 
And Ben and Jerry's, the oh. Ben and Jerry's caramel co- salted caramel core. That one's so mm-hmm. good. And um, yeah, Cherry Garcia. Yeah, I ben love Cherry Garcia. Oh, that, that oh there's good. just so many, so mm. many good ones. What do you think of the sherbet flavors? You know, I've I've always loved sherbet. Really? I've always loved sherbet. Yeah, like rainbow sherbet was like my thing as a kid. Mm. It's but, just so colorful. Yeah, <laughs> sherbet, and I like sorbet too. Sorbets great i mean it's it doesn't sorbet doesn't taste like ice cream though it's it's something else it's, yeah it's more like it tastes like more like a popsicle i don't yeah know i think that. that doesn't have dairy in it right i don't think sorbet yeah. has dairy in it no yeah 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 but uh yeah so your flavors are dol- dolce dulce de leche <laughs> Yeah, there's caramel. I like yeah, I yeah, like yeah. stuff with caramel or like butter pecan mm. too. That's really butter good. pecan is one of my favorites. Yeah, actually. yeah, that one mm-hmm. is so freaking good. Um, and what else? I like uh, yeah, I like uh, cookies and cream, mint chocolate chip. A lot of the ones that we've already mentioned. I mean, I think these are a lot of yeah. fan favorites. But you know what? Nothing. You know, really, if I can't think of what I want in the moment. I always just get French vanilla like that. Yeah, is... that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you can add things to it too. Like sometimes when I was on a really big sugar binge, and you know, you get a packet of Oreos and then you just dip them in the vanilla ice cream and you have like the best of both worlds. Gosh, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds. You know, it, it's just it sucks that there's this thing called calories where you yeah. have because if it wasn't for cal, all these like. And all the best stuff has way too much of it in such a small amount. Like mm-hmm. when you look at like, like, um, like serving sizes, they say it's like two hundred per serving size. And I'm thinking like, how many servings? Yeah, what's the serving like, size? How many servings per container? And it's yeah. just like there's ten servings in this one container. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. rough. <laughs> it's crazy. So the serving size of a pop tart is only one, but then they put two in a bag. Yeah, so that's like, not fair. Like you have to eat both because you don't want one to like get stale. Well, and one's not enough. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Th- Thor, uh, for breakfast, is it is it pop tarts and Oreos? Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I usually have fruit. Oh, you my do? Birthday. Yeah, uh, well, so it's usually like um, banana, strawberry, sometimes an apple. That, that's healthy. That's very so, healthy. No, I just remember on set, didn't you have some, like, Super Mario Oreos, right? Yeah. Like, was that yeah. on your set? Yeah, are you talking about the guard room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the guard room. That, yeah, the guard yeah room. those were good. Super Mario Oreos and Pop-Tarts I saw. Yeah, I made Rich eat a Pop-Tart. <laughs> Wait. Is what, Rich... Had he not had one? He had had one for like five years or something, I think. So Rich Gonzalez eating a pop tart. I could totally see that. It was just like me and him. We were like the first ones up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, let's eat a pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know what's actually really good? Huh. Um, the toaster strudels. Mm-hmm. Remember, you yep. put that that glaze on it. Ooh, you toast good. it and then you put the grains yeah, on, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was good. That sounds good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, hey, well, here's the here's something I learned recently. So, did you know in the 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 slang term for hot dogs are glizzies? 
No. Where? Where's that thing? Wait, I'm gonna look it up. You guys. I know they are sometimes called Bainers from the UK. Yeah. Well, those aren't. I mean, those aren't actual hot dogs, though. They're like, yeah. Okay, let me read this. Because I just googled it. It says with roots in the rap world, a glizzy is slang for a Glock handgun. The evolution of the word to include hot dog comes from the extended magazine of a pistol which is about the length of a hot dog and now people are calling hot dogs glizzies you know oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, so, I'm, i don't follow those yeah the i feel so behind but, <laughs> but but i i, I it, was, it was so weird when i heard about that i was just like and i saw it in like some pictures people are saying oh i'm putting down like five glizzies so I'm it like, can either mean a gun or a hot dog Kind of? Something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, look it up. Okay. I, okay. I think it's a rather fun name for a hot dog. We'll have to talk to Michael Fred about that later tonight, see if he's familiar with that term. <laughs> he's a big fan of hot dogs, so. So, Cheryl, I see you're wearing a Swipknot t-shirt. Yeah. Which is pretty metal. <laughs> and so... Is that, are they metal? Is that what that, that is? Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Some people would argue, I think. I mean, um... It depends on how elitist, I guess, you depends are. Depends on but how hardcore you hardcore, are. But um, they were a popular band in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty good. They, they're they pretty heavy for being, like, as mainstream as they are. Like, Yeah. Their second album has, like, it's almost like death metal at some parts. So, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I feel like they have their own sound. I don't, well, I'm not, like, a big rock aficionado or anything like i'm sure there's, there's other bands that sound like slipknot but they have a very specific distinctive sound I they think. do and what i love about slipknot too is they're from iowa they're from you know the middle of the midwest and they made this big name for themselves despite the odds and i love that you know yeah you're and they from spoke to a lot of people minnesota right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think we talked about this in the previous podcast but um, when did you move to California from Minnesota? I moved there in, uh, I moved here in 2013, the beginning of 2013. Okay. All so, right. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. 11. Yeah. 11 years. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, do you miss Iowa at all or Minnesota? No, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I corrected myself. But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I miss my friends there. I miss my brother. He's still out there. Like, I miss them. But I go back once a year, so mm-hmm. I get to see everyone and catch up, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. And so what was, like, your first dip into the, the acting? Like, what were you... Did you see a movie or something, and you're like, I want to do this, or... Uh, Yeah, well, I was... It was uh, thanks to... My friend Leo, like I was at the time I was trying to get into photography, like product photography, wedding photography. And um, Leo, who I'd met like when I first moved out here, we'd met in passing through this parkour group. And I added him on Facebook because he had like unfriended me because we never actually talked. And then he saw that I was into photography and he was doing photography at the time. So we started collaborating on some projects and, you know, he was really getting into video more. And I showed him this monologue I'd found. It was like this little romantic drama 
monologue that I thought it would be fun to do something with. And so him and another friend, we brainstormed this little short film and we shot it in a night, edited it. It was done. And that was such a that was such a fun experience for me. And it was like, oh, this is something I want to do. And, you know, it grew. It's a it's a passion that grew. It wasn't necessarily a passion right away. It was like, oh, this is fun. I want to do more of this. And I didn't really take it seriously. And then at some point, you know, I, re I started taking acting classes and the teacher pointed out to me that, you know, like you can just get by or you can actually like work hard. And it takes really hard work and commitment and to make it as an actor. And her implying that I wasn't going to make it really made me want to make it as an actor. So I started taking it more seriously. And um, But then, you know, there's so many phases in acting. Like when you first start, it's like, oh, I get to be on camera and I get to like, right. you know, I get to see myself on camera. And there's like this glamour about it and this novelty about it but you know you get to another phase where you're like no i want to prove that i can do something like i want to prove that i'm a good actor and then you know it was a few years in before i actually really fell in love with acting it's mm -hmm. like i love doing this and i can do this in a way that nobody else can do because every every person has their own voice and their way of approaching things and you know, nobody else is going to do this role exactly the way I'm going to do it because I'm going to bring myself into it. And so it's been a long process of learning and coming to love acting, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I know what you mean with the little phases and stuff. I mean, um, you and I, I think we may have even started at a very similar time. I think we were both just yeah, getting started. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I started taking my classes in uh, September of 2016. And mm -hmm. then about a year after that, I think it was like August or September of 2017 when I started actually working, you know. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it just kind of went from there. But like, you know, I, I remember like in the beginning, everything it was so exciting. And just like, like yeah. oh, I get to be in front of the camera. Oh, I can't wait to show people. Yeah. And, this and, that. and then, you know, you do enough of those. Um, at a certain point, you start thinking like, well, do I do I really want to do this one liner, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and and, and I, I don't mind doing things like that, but. I started seeking like roles that, you know, I started really just wanting roles that were interesting, mm -hmm. you know, where, where, uh, you know, there was complex character traits and things like that. But now I, it's gotten to the point where I would rather just do background work than take a role that's not interesting. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, I don't want to be, you know, like, um, the the server that comes up to the table and says can i take your order and that's my role you know that does nothing for me i'd rather just do background work if that were the case you know but um but it it, it it's taken those years for me to actually go through all these different motions for me to come to those terms like i, I want to challenge myself as an actor do you think you went through those kind of phases where you were you started thinking a bit differently like oh i don't want to just take it any role just to take it you know yeah yeah i've definitely got mm, i'm, I'm gonna wait for that to <laughs> <die>. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. um yeah i've definitely gotten more selective about 
what I want to do. Obviously, I mean, what's really important for me. And there's different things that are important, too. Like, oh, my goodness. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think they're gone. Target on set. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's like, is Boyton filming the podcast? Today's the day. Well, All right. Well, yeah, but that's the funny thing is there's... Oh, my goodness. He, he waits till you talk. I know. Like, what the... <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> we could either add this around that or keep it in to make it super funny. But anyway. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting because um, every actor has their own set of priorities and what's more important to them. Like some actors are there for the paycheck and there's, you know, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Like um, some actors are there for the experience. Mm -hmm. Some are like me what's important to me is the footage like being like hey see i can do this you know and it's not so much i mean obviously i would love to like all actors mm -hmm. like we would all love to be able to pay our bills just with acting but until i get to that point i love having the chance to try something new with each role mm -hmm. and to and to get that footage for myself to be like see this is something i can do so I'm very much in the, the footage phase of things where, I mean, some people prioritize the exposure more. Like this one person we worked with was all about getting into film festivals. And he's like, I don't care if you pay me. I want like this to get into festivals and get a lot of exposure. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes there can kind of be bad blood between a filmmaker and actors because they didn't have a conversation about what they were both trying to get out of the project. Right. Um, I mean, there, there's so much to say about this industry and the people in it. But you get to know people enough, like in this industry, you can you can almost see all of their motives. Like you can see who wants to really become a great actor, who just wants this to. And then there's some people that just want people to have this illusion of this glamorous actor life like i'm famous or something which it's anything but like this life is unless you're on the a-list it's not glamorous it's it's a lot of hard work there and it's it's pretty thankless in many respects you deal yeah with a lot of rejection. i mean you deal with a lot of rejection um but i think you know the greatest thing about for me is like i had this new network of friends mm -hmm. you know i have a like a really close-knit uh group of friends outside of the industry but i had this entirely other like family mm -hmm. in this industry that i've like really connected with like like you two mm -hmm. like uh, um throughout the years we've become pretty close right and, uh, well, we, we've just started hanging out, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the cool thing about filming is that, like, it does bring people together. Well, it's a common interest mm -hmm. that brings people together. Well, yeah. the thing is, I, I'm not that close with all the... I mean, like, there's so many actors that... I, I mean, I'm sorry to say, but I'm, like, turned off by them. <laughs> and, and, it's, and you know what? Who, so I like 
Oh, the actor... I thought he was going to name drop someone like, like this person. Well, uh, oh. we can talk about that off camera, but <laughs> what, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. So mm -hmm. the the actors that I stay very close friends with, mm -hmm. they they all have something in common, and they all have this like integrity about like trying to become a better artists, right? Mm -hmm. And it sh clearly shows in their work, and that's what they care about. They care about the work, getting better, you know, doing doing. And then there's other actors you can tell. The only thing that they're seeking is fame. Not even the money. They don't even care about the money. They just want the fame. This illusion to show yeah. people like I'm fame. And I'm, I'm, I'll tell you one thing. They're the least talented out of everybody. I'll keep it at that. Mm -hmm. I know I'm talking trash. But these are these are not the people that I'm friends with. The people that I'm friends with are people who have like really good artistic integrity. And they want to get better. And it and it, does, it has nothing to do with the fame. I know to a certain extent we have to market ourselves as, like, I put up my footage all the time. I put out like behind the scenes stuff, but but this is not glamorous. And I I I it really drives me nuts when <laughs> there's certain people that are trying to m m throw this illusion out there like there's some A-list celebrity, and it's like it's so cringe because it's just like. You know you're not fooling anybody. You know why you're not fooling anybody? Because we're all in this industry and we know it's bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the only people you'll fool are the ones that are not in the industry. Mm -hmm. And the people that are in the industry that you actually want to impress, those are the ones that are going to be turned off by that type of behavior. You know what they are impressed with? They're impressed with talent. And talent has to be shown. I mean, I mean, the, all they have to do is look at a clip of you or or a samples of your work and they'll see if you're talented. And in the end, that's the only thing that matters. Can you act? Well, I mean, okay, you say talented and I mean, I want to add a thought to that because I mean, sure, there's natural talent mm -hmm. where you're going to be like pretty good, maybe off the bat. But there's a lot of actors out there who weren't naturally talented but they put the work into it right, and, right. and something my first acting coach said is she's like you know the talented people a lot of times don't actually get that far it's the people who weren't talented but they worked hard at it and because they knew they had to work hard at it and they became better actors where if someone's talented and they don't like constantly work to improve they're not i i totally get what you're saying mm -hmm. and you know um it's just like they say with some of these like athletes right like mm -hmm. some some people some athletes are so naturally talented that they they're that they don't work hard enough but well, yeah <laughs> it's hard for them yeah, to yeah. actually like yeah get to where they and there's actors that are like that too yeah I mean, absolutely. They, they don't show up on time they're not off book they mm -hmm. they but they're so naturally talented that they 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 feel like everything else is beneath them so i've seen that before too mm -hmm. um but you know they say uh there's this bodybuilder his name is phil heath right and he was blessed with all the best genetics for building muscle right mm -hmm. but he said he's also the hardest worker and he said when when talent works hard he said then you can't beat that combo because that mm -hmm. means they have both you know yeah and a lot of really talented people rely on their talent so soul that's the thing that they only rely on so mm -hmm. they they start falling short in so many other ways so um in that sense a lot of directors producers and things like that they don't even want to work with that person because, again because that person treats like the work is beneath them
Exactly. So I totally get what you mean. Well, and a lot of times they might not even know that person's there because there's this kind of this misconcept that like, oh, if you're like really good and you're this, that and the other thing, like that role is going to come to you. But if you're not on your hustle every single day, self-submitting, you know, advocating yourself to casting directors, um, you know, agents, which I'm not saying I do that every day, but you know, like as a rule, you have to constantly be putting yourself yeah, out and there. And if you don't, like people don't know you're there. Like yeah. you could be the best actor in the world and nobody knows that you're there. They would cast you if they did. Yeah. And you know, there's something to be said about that. And it makes me feel a little guilty because I haven't been submitting myself for a lot of things, but I will say that's not because I don't want to work hard. It's because you needed a, like a, a reset kind of yeah because my heart is not quite in it as much as it used to be mm -hmm. like i still love acting i just don't like the business of acting mm -hmm. like it, it just it it, it kind of drives me nuts and I, and for me to like stick to it i want to be in love with it like i want to be in love with it the way i was in love with it in the beginning you mm -hmm. know what i mean and i think a lot of that magic is kind of gone so I'm trying to rekindle that magic by just trying to work with people that I like really like. Like I would love to work with you. I'd love to work with Thor or uh, Michael Fredinelli. So with people that are just like, you know, uh, I and I admire their work too. So, um, so I want to limit it to that rather than um, seeking all these other outside uh, like opportunities for submission. Um, that's the thing about this craft is that it takes a lot more work than people like realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and I mean, yeah, I think it's important to step back and take a break when you're when you're feeling like you need out, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like this past year has just been about self reflection for me. I found a acting class I really liked, and I'm just working on getting better. So then when. <laughs> I'm, now I'm slowly starting to self-submit again more, but I did get an agent and a manager I'm really happy with. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry as much, but mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm just now getting back into that hustle of submitting myself again mm -hmm. because I felt it was important to step back and like reassess and work on myself for a while and and take a break so that when you come back, you, you really love what you're doing instead yeah. of like pushing yourself to do something when your heart's sure. not all the way in it for any number of reasons. Can you tell me about like, uh, I know I know you've worked a lot and you've done some great work, but what, what what's like one of the roles that like, you know, it could be one of the, your top three. What's one of the roles that you you're really happy that you did and that, you know, you felt like it was it was a role that really did something for you as an actor or or, or even like um as an artist or something like that yeah well it's it's constantly changing i mean when we made your film secret bliss like mm -hmm. that was my favorite thing i'd done yeah, yeah. you know I, awesome. I was so happy with it yeah but then you know i'm constantly growing and learning too so i mean last last fall a year ago my favorite thing i'd done was um this short film that's in the film festival circuit right now it's called never say you're sorry it's a comedic role it's about mm -hmm. this um woman myself who's 
dating a reformed serial killer. Super funny. And yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned that, out. That like, sounds that sounds funny actually. It was yeah, so yeah. funny. It was so much fun. A reformed and, serial killer. Yeah, ah it, uh, yeah, I got to see it at another hole in the head film festival just a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm still very proud of that role. I, I love it when you like I pick up like a really good script and when you're reading it, you're just like it, it, it's like it doesn't feel like work you're like oh my god i just want to be in this movie you know yeah what I mean? exactly yeah, yeah. you can yeah. like see it in your head yeah, yeah 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 and then um late the lately um my series strings attached it's one and a half seasons it's up on amazon prime okay. right now and that there's there's a scene, it hasn't come out yet, mm -hmm. but like when I did that scene, it was very cathartic and it was like a new moment for me, a new depth of acting for me where I just felt completely immersed to the point that I didn't have to think of anything. And it hasn't come out yet, so I can't really say anything about it. But like, like I've hit my best points so far, like very recently, and I'm looking forward to having more moments like that. Yeah, I think we talked about it, like, um, before, like, on the phone, like, mm -hmm. I always told Cheryl, I was like, you know, I could totally see you in, like, 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 the roles, like, uh, Ashley Judd had, like, in early 2000s, in the, that time around her career, when she did, like, Kiss the Girls, Twisted, High Crimes, like, like, a strong female lead type, where you, like, you know, you're up against some s sort of crazy antagonist. And you have to prevail by being a badass or something like I could. I don't know. You you have the look for it, and I I don't know. You I think you have the demeanor for it too, like naturally. But I, I think we talked about that before. Oh, what do you, you think? What do you think about something? Like yeah, that? yeah. I'm definitely a lot more interested in um, psychological thrillers, crime. I you know I have I've been told I have a good look for like the detective role, the lawyer, the stuff like that like drama drama roles um mm, that's one of my I'm actually there's <laughs> <laughs> the lawyer role the yeah. lawyer yeah I mean, actually yeah like um wait are you going to be a lawyer soon no well i i am in this corporate drama it's okay. actually my boyfriend chris marsol he mm -hmm. he wrote it and then we both starting it mm -hmm. recently this august and uh yeah i'm really excited for that and i feel mm -hmm. like it's very much like my casting and there's a lot of like twists and turns Sounds okay. awesome. that's all i could say about it but yeah. i just i just keep having to plug some of these wonderful projects i've been so blessed to mm -hmm. get to work on uh, so surely i have a question um do you ever have days where you feel like you have those days where you're like i'm the worst actor ever you have that self-doubt and like how do you like pump yourself back up like when you yeah go it's there like, not like i'm the worst actor like i know i'm not the worst actor but i'm also not the best actor yet but i'm going to be someday <laughs> i don't i hope i don't know um yeah i mean it's always it's hard like when you see someone else booking something after you haven't booked something for a long time and you're like how does this reflect on me even though it has nothing to yeah, do with yeah, you and that yeah. person's been hustling their ass off just as much and it's yeah. like you're happy for them you are happy for them, but at the same time, you're just like, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't you know, know if you I, caught what I said. I, I did. I, mean, like, I, I am happy for them. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like, how did that guy? I'm, I'm just being, uh, it, in full transparency. Mm -hmm. 
There's certain people you're not happy for. <laughs> That's just me. Cheryl is probably different from me. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I, I, maybe I've gotten past that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean, and I feel like. But like yeah. one, it's one of my, like one of my good friends. Like that, mm -hmm. if you make it like on some like a, if you made it on the national commercial or something like that. I'd be like over the moon. Mm -hmm. Just it, it's like if it's the friends, like my close friends that I made in uh, the, in this industry, mm -hmm. those are the ones that I'm just like I'm like hoping Derek Crow gets on some oh, yeah, thing definitely. like in Hollywood. I'm hoping Cheryl gets on something big. I'm hoping that it, like mm -hmm. all of you guys like w whenever I see somebody that I really care about like you're you know that, yeah, I'm like, like yes, yeah. I yes. know them. I'm actually really good friends with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I feel <laughs> like, like we do have to have a little bit of like pumping each other up and like being encouraging because. And I, and you yeah. know what? It it, it 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 really matters because look, I'm when when I wrote and directed Secret Bliss. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I mean, it that 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 didn't happen because. I'm some like super talented person, right? That happened because I worked with a bunch of talented people before and they were willing to help me out to bring this like story to life, you know? And all these people that helped me in this process were all like the most talented people in their respective thing. Like, mm -hmm. like Leo, I got Leo on as a cinematographer and he's like one of the best in the business i got yeah. the best editor michael fredinelli and then i had you working on it and i had brian wilkes working on it uh, i had um you know dom hecht and it, i had all these moving parts where i could actually just kind of relax a little mm -hmm. even though i was stressed out i could relax a little because i knew i was in good hands because like and that was you know if i if i didn't make those connections before mm -hmm. like there's no way in hell that would have been, you know, you, you see some people that don't have any connections and they're trying to make it and everybody's skeptical. They don't know who to trust. And you end up getting like some crappy, you know, short film or something like yeah. that. It's because they don't have those connections yet. You know what I mean? And the, the, the great thing about like us and like the, with wild dogs and stuff like that, like we get to work with each other over and over again, seeing that this is somebody at, somebody that I trust. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Hold on, I think the turkey's ready in the oven, so we're gonna take a quick <laughs> oh, break. No. So uh, we'll, we'll be, be right back. back. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, well, let's, let's go, go check out the turkey okay. back from break uh we checked on the turkey he got a little crisp and uh, a little toasty in there but now he's uh he's cooling down and we'll eat him at the end of this episode but um <laughs> okay. was asking me about the script from the last episode and yes i do plan to finish it and i did make some adjustments to the beginning with the the dialogue because when i wrote it it was very much like first draft because i was like i gotta write something <laughs> to keep the script moving yeah but, um your favorite scene is unchanged it's gonna be in there so Whoa, what scene is that <laughs> you know the scene where the, the condoms <laughs> no. 
Yeah, yeah, there was this one line on there where he said, where, where one of the characters says, well, somebody has to change the condoms between scenes. No, oh, God. <laughs> what kind of movie are they making? <laughs> uh, it could just be a movie with, you know, a romance sex scene in it, or it could be a porno. We, It's up yeah. to, the, like, the audience to really it, it, it decide. Just, it's just kind of funny, because in, um, in The Long Street, Thor played the cinematographer during a scene where we're actually doing uh, <laughs> where we're, we're, it was a part where the characters were shooting a porn, right? And he was the cinematographer pulling the camera. Do you remember that, that part? I do, yeah. 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 To, to be fair, I did not write that script. So <laughs> I was just acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also this uh, script that you're writing from the last episode, it's like very meta, right? It's like, it's like um, a sneak peek into um what people in the industry go through right so yeah it's about like um these guys called the movie fixers and they like keep the movies maintained so like if there's like a light bulb that goes out in oh. a movie like they have to change it yeah so that's the main idea and then it goes in an interesting direction it was a good script yeah. to write on screen uh, or on the podcast because even if you tried to steal that idea, you would take it in a probably a really different direction yeah. than I would. So, yeah, you know, I I like movies like that though. I like movies that take you into the movie making world. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, even on just some like really like bare bones type of level, like, and it could be a little bit exaggerated. Even um, I don't know if you guys ever saw this movie called uh, The Disaster Artist. Mm -hmm. I did. So the disaster artist is about Tommy it's a, Wiseau. <laughs> it's a movie about this guy named Tommy Wiseau who made a movie called The Room, which is considered like one of the worst movies of all time. But it's so bad that it's good because have you ever seen movies like that? Like yeah. this is this movie's so horrible and it's so unaware of how horrible it is that it's funny. So this uh, guy in real life, his name's Tommy Wiseau, and super eccentric character with a very like um, ambiguous type of accent, um, real silly guy, silly but lovable guy. Mm -hmm. But um, James Franco plays him in uh, this movie called The Disaster Artist, and it's all about Tommy Wiseau and the making of this movie called The Room, oh. and it's it's a hilarious uh, movie, but it's actually a really well-written movie as well like i i highly recommend it's it it's good. called okay. the disaster artist because there's some parts in that there's this part where james franco is playing tommy wiseau and he goes up to uh um a man in the restaurant um played by judd apatow and judd he goes up to him and he said i know you your biggest hollywood producer and then he starts uh, reciting, you know, um, <laughs> re reciting a few lines by, um, you know, Marlon Brando in a in an old movie, and uh, in the middle of a restaurant, okay. and then then the producer says, "He said, Tommy, stop." He said, "Even if you had Marlon Marlon Brando's talent, the chance is one in a billion." Mm -hmm. And then he was like, and he said, "And you have you're basically telling him, and you have no talent." <laughs> Like, so even, so what he was saying is, even if you are the most talented person in the world, 
it's still like one in a million, you know, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things that come into play when, when to become like a big famous star, you know, it, it's like timing, it's luck, it's who you meet, what project you become a part of, if it's a good movie, all these different things. And, you know, sometimes the stars align for certain people and it, it and it shoots them out of the ether, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they suddenly they have like a big illustrious career um, because of one launching point. But um, that that re really hit hard when I heard that line. Even if you had Brando's talent, it's still one Your in odds, a million. Yeah. And, and it made me think about like myself. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> you ever think? I mean, do you ever have these conversations with yourself, like out of anger or frustration? Um, I love acting, so don't, but there are some, some of those feelings. If I'm going to be a completely honest, there are those feelings associated with this business. There are moments yeah. where it's yeah. like, yeah. are we spending too much money on this film? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, it's the passion, like the passion has to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're doing it because you love the art and like you love storytelling, Mm -hmm. then, then that's, that's why you should be doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. as we talked about, like, those people who, like, try to do it for fame, mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to get far because they're, they're going to get burned out. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if it's for the fame, then, you know, that's going to be disappointing because, I mean, even actors who make it to, say, the B-list, mm -hmm. you know, like... The B-list is actually, like, hard that's to get really, on. really... Yeah, yeah, it's really... And you probably have a lot more longevity because sometimes you get to the A-list and then, you know, you get tired. <laughs> well, I think also the A-list is, like, um, once you're at that level, um, being knocked down a peg, like, it means a lot. You know what I mean? But those there's a lot of B-list actors that they get consistent fucking work. Yeah, you know but I they're mean? not yeah. household names. Yeah, they're not yeah. super famous. Yeah. So those you know, people who are in it for the fame, it's like mm -hmm. ultimately I think it's going to be disappointing for them. Right, right. And it's and it's too hard to be famous now because there's way too many people out there. There's mm -hmm. way too many channels, there's way too many programs that work way you know how many like like actors how many years it took for me to realize an actor was actually famous like a lot of current actors that are like considered a-list uh -huh. i just started catching up to their uh, career like recently you know like mm -hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of one like what's his name um from the last of us uh, uh yeah, Pascal. Pascal. yeah yeah so yeah. like I, I, I used to see his face here and there, but now, like, in the last few years, he's on everything, right? Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, blown he's up. completely blown up. Yeah. And then now I look back at, like, is him popping he up in random. I was like, oh, he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. And I was like, oh, there he is. Oh, there yeah. he is. And just, like, recently, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, he's, he's like this real strong A-list celebrity now. It's just like, oh, he's been around forever. Mm -hmm. It's just... I didn't really know who it was all yeah. that time. You yeah. Know what I mean? But now he's a household name, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, and that's the thing. And I've noticed this kind of trend too, like a lot of actors, like the more well-known you get, the more you're supposed to make it look like it just happened for you. Like you read their bios. It's like, right. yeah, they just got into acting and they got into this role. And then 
they blew up and and it's like as an actor you know it was not that simple and no, they don't and they no. don't have the credits from all that beginning stuff on their imdb like they have a clean slate with just the big things they've done and sure there's a lot of actors who just went straight from school to booking mm -hmm. i know i know that's the thing like anya chalotra who's in the witcher like she just went straight from school to having an amazing agent because of the school mm -hmm. she was in and because she's an amazing actor and then she got the witcher so yeah. she legitimately didn't do anything before that but most of the time it's like they did work on all this stuff but now they're yes. just erasing all of that to make it look like they they were just meant, the best it was and, meant right. to be yeah exactly. and oh. and yeah most of the time it didn't happen that way yeah no <laughs> there was it, a it... lot more steps and it's kind of disheartening when they do that you know and and something i've noticed a lot too with with a lot of actors like everywhere i think this happens everywhere like actors who act like they're above what they're doing the films they're in right now it's like you have to be aware and appreciate everyone who gives you work because you know maybe you know maybe that indie film like maybe you think you're above doing indie films or you're above do doing this little role but like that person this they is their up. baby this is their baby and the fact that they placed enough trust in you to help them bring their baby to life that's huge and those are the people you know years down the road if you you know become well known if you become successful those are the people who are going to be rooting for you or they're mm -hmm. going to be saying that person sucks like right the other advantage of indie films is that you have creative control to take any risks you want because like if you do become like a really big director and you like work at disney you're going to be working on like a marvel film or like a live action disney remake and then you don't have as much like creative say when there's a bunch more people involved. A lot of bigger films, you don't have as much creative say. And like, you know, maybe there's less, yeah, there's less, yeah, creative license. And, and I love working on indie films. Like yeah. I, I plan to always be an actor who's working on indie mm -hmm. films. Like, yeah. and hopefully I'll, maybe I'll get some Disney Mar or something too, but. Yeah. Like, I always want to be that indie actor. Like, Meryl Streep, most of her, she, a lot of her films were not huge box office successes, but they were so character driven mm -hmm. and they were indie films. And that's the route I would like to take, like the character driven yeah, stories. I, and, you know, I think some of the best work uh, from actors are from films that nobody's really ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm a big fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a child actor, and he was in uh, the TV show called Third Rock from the Sun. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, you know, it was about that family. They're like aliens here on Earth mm -hmm. or whatever. And he was a little kid back then. But uh, after Third Rock from the Sun was done as a TV show, he in his early to mid 20s he's about my age i think he's about one year younger than me but um which would make him 42 and i'm 43 but uh in his 20s he did almost nothing but like like small budget uh indie films i mean mm -hmm. for us it would be considered larger budget but like <laughs> for him it was considered very low budget mm -hmm. indie films and I, I watched a lot of those films because I'm a huge fan of his. And 
they're really, really freaking good. I mean, I think he was in one called The Lookout, one one called Hesher. Um, and then, like, I think after he did 500 Days of Summer, which was like a kind of a larger budget indie film. Yeah. Um, and it won all these awards in the film festivals. Great movie if you haven't seen it. 500 Days of Summer. Um, I'm not that into rom-coms, but that one is... Is pretty it good. Was good and very stylistic. Uh, like the choices that were made in making that film was very creative. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, 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 and a lot of the work that I saw that was the best of Joseph Gordon-Levitt was before he started getting into all these big studio films. Because like after Inception and everything, he started doing more like, you know, uh, budget-heavy type of films mm -hmm. so um i don't necessarily think the best movies are the ones that make the most money <laughs> they dump millions into <laughs> i can tell you i mean there's a lot I'm of movies <laughs> i looked at the budget and i'm like wow <laughs> you, the, you just spent money you spent a lot of money on like great actors but you didn't get good performances yeah no, it just wasn't that good of a movie yeah. it, it, sometimes it's not well written sometimes it's um but yeah, things things like that. There's so many different things that determine what makes a great movie. Um, I watched a, one movie that I hadn't seen um, since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I watched it a couple nights ago. But uh, did you guys ever watch this movie called Palm Springs? No. Oh, uh, do you guys have Hulu by any chance? Yeah. Yes. Watch it when you get a chance. It has okay. uh, Andy Sam Samberg oh. and... What what's the name of that uh the girl that played the mother in How I Met Your Mother the one that uh, became the mother something Aliotti um not the best with the I didn't names really watch, yeah I didn't <laughs> um, I didn't see a lot of that show let me see Palm Springs but I think you guys will love it it's like one of the best uh comedies that I've seen in recent years mm -hmm. um. And uh, I think Andy Samberg had a hand in... Her name is Kristen Milioti. Okay. Yeah. But um, it's it's a show that has th that uses the concept of being stuck in a time loop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you seen, like, Groundhog Day? Yeah. yeah. So Groundhog Day, or I guess if you put it, like, in a sci-fi setting, have you ever seen Edge of Tomorrow? Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that. I did watch uh, that, Death right? Day, Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day. Yeah. yeah, that one was fun. Wait, wait, Happy Death Day. It's yeah, like the horror one. take on Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah. so so <laughs> it's an it's another stuck in a time loop thing. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I love stuck in a time loop. You so, like the Death Day one? Love... It's funny. There's, okay. there's also a sequel. Have you seen the sequel? I didn't see the sequel. Okay. It's Death not as what? Good. It's is as good or not it's as good? It's not quite as good as the first one, but mm. it's still a fun okay. movie. So Death what? Happy Death Day. Happy Death. Day. happy death day and it's yeah. about a girl who she basically gets killed but then she wakes up and relives the same day and so she's yeah like, yeah <laughs> and she's like the kind of the mean girl yeah. in her college mm -hmm. yeah we gotta i mean somebody in our group of filmmaking friends i think we got we got to do it like a stuck in a time loop, a time loop story yeah that, that would be so fun. fun yeah like it's just like there's so many different things that you could do with that mm -hmm. you know let me just add that to my script backlog yeah <laughs> well i'm excited for this this next film you have coming up i know we can't say a lot about it but oh uh, you're talking about oh the, the guard room 
Well, I'm sent for that one too. But oh, wait, no, the next the, one. The bad bitches. Yeah. Oh, the okay. Bad bitches. The, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I still need to read it. Oh yeah. I was thinking there is a chance if the actor could play both Draculas and we just like age him with makeup. Mm-hmm. That would be funnier, in my so, opinion. You gotta, because there's two characters I had in mind for you that I think you. For me? Yeah. Oh snap! Oh, I didn't know. He didn't know. I (laughs) I knew. Okay, now I really gotta read the script. (laughs) That that was why I looked at you. Yeah, the next thing. I I was just like, so I'm thinking like I I have like a the Dracula hairline, but I I, but you know I have that you know pronounced like I have that hairline yeah, and um but I was thinking like. I don't think Dracula's ever been Asian. I mean, we could. They're thinking of doing like do oh, it. these like are, they're these woke people. They're trying to push an a- Asian Dracula. I'm like, oh no. I mean, we'll see what you think between okay, the okay. other character because there's another character called Sebastian. That I think would be fun to play. Sebastian. I've always loved that name. Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then I'm also making um movie about a stuffed animal death metal band Ooh. with Holly's family, so mm. that one's going to be pretty good. Nice. I love the tone of your film. The tones of your films, it's always very, like, tangible. Like, you have a very specific tone, mm-hmm. and, like, you, you don't know what's going to happen, but, like... You you can tell from the opening scene it's like okay like I get what I get the vibe of this film uh-huh. like okay yeah. that's yeah. good to know yeah you know has this been done before maybe maybe I'm just thinking about a movie I think it may have even been like an oh have you seen this movie about I think it's called uh it's, it, I think it's a Japanese or Korean movie it's called One Cut of the Dead no I don't think so so I think it, it was a movie about making a zombie movie and in the process of making the zombie movie actual zombie things are actually taking place and they're (laughs) they're trying to make this movie and then you know i i it's been years since i've watched this movie Mm -hmm. but i think that's like a one cool way to go like meta about something like that Mm -hmm. like that the fictional world somehow enters the Mm -hmm. real the world of movie making uh, that's that, actually been a concept I thought about before too, mm, like making a movie during the zombie apocalypse. That sounds awesome. And it's like, why, why are you going outside the barrier? And you're like, we gotta finish this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is gonna make some great footage. <laughs> I could totally see Freddy in one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, what did you uh, think of Agent of Solitude? Oh, that was cool, man. It's pretty epic. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely, I, I, they definitely spent some money on some of the, you know, like the CGI and the effects were really cool. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was, it was a pretty thrilling type of ride that uh, Wild Dogs went for. So. so yeah, the stunt work was really impressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, very impressed with some of the performances. Uh, Michael Fredinelli, one of the best actors, not only a great filmmaker, but also one of the best actors I've seen. Just after working with him on the guard room, yeah, he's like really good. Like... Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. His instincts are just primo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a small part in that uh, film too, so 
And uh, actually, after it came out, I I immediately cut that performance into right, the I saw current reel. Mm -hmm. And I, I was happy to, because that's the one I was waiting for. I was just like, I'm not going to cut. Because yeah. I recorded that, I, I filmed that back in June. And I said, I'm not going to cut a new reel until I have that one. Mm -hmm. That was like uh, your Wild Dogs reel, because it was all like your past Yep, yep. I put <laughs> nothing but uh, Wild Dog stuff. And, you know, I could use some of the stuff from other movies, but I think, like, the most impressive stuff I've had in the last few years is from Wild those mm -hmm. particular uh, performances. And what I and I had to be a little bit selective because I wanted to, I wanted to show off my range. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And I think I did a pretty good job on sh putting that on display because mm -hmm. from one clip to the next, I was completely different. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the uh, agent of solitude was great. I mean, Freddie did a great job and um, the other lead, uh, Jamil, he did a really good job as well. Yeah, he seemed like he had fun in his role because he got to like be the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we got to see Olga in there. And, yeah, all uh, the acting was on point. Yeah. Oh, you know, and Gabe, like Gabe Rios. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. All those fight scenes especially were and dope. He, and a, like a good actor, too. Like, I yeah. haven't seen that much of Gabe's acting, but I was like, damn, Gabe could be like a, a lead in a film. I mean, he has the looks for it, very handsome guy, and he could do his own stunts. I mean, why not, you know? Yeah, one of my favorite parts is the beach scene where he was trying to get the Fred's character, like the get on the beach when they switch. Oh, yeah that like, was yeah. hilarious yeah. oh my god yeah <laughs> just thinking about how they had to film that because they had to get him like way up on the hill because they had that like drone shot right and so i wonder if leo was like way on the hill and he had to like film mm -hmm. yeah thinking about the logistics of like filming that yeah because when you watch it, you don't think about, like, the amount of work that, like, would go into it, but... You know, one one thing I think uh, um, Wild Dogs has done great with, like, building connections with, like, talented actors, but they, they also have, like, a great catalog, catalog of actors to work with of all different ages. So I think they have, they know, like, Bob Payne is, like, one of the best actors, like... Mm -hmm. over you know age 50 60 years old i think he's just um and it, it's great that they have access to such a talented person and then everything going all the way down to the youngest people like like the one that played the kid in um autumn moon uh, mm -hmm. as the younger version of the um main character yeah I mean, he's he, great i think his name's gideon uh mm -hmm. but also very talented so it's just it's it's nice to see that they've tapped into like all the entire spectrum of different types of actors as far as looks, age range, you know, male, female. I mean, and you only get that over an extended period of time because you see a lot of these people working in their films over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What is your favorite or one of your favorite Wild Dogs films, Cheryl? Uh, I did have a list um well one of my favorites originally had been one against the house and then i really loved uh, quiet murders i think that's one of that's my one favorites. of my favorites i yeah. love that one yeah 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 i yeah. told bob that i was uh, last time i saw him mm -hmm. because 
Bob actually gave me a little bit of praise last oh, time for my, awesome. for my role in uh, Agent of Solitude. And <laughs> then I told him, I was like, you know, Quiet Murders is like one of my favorite Wild Dogs films. Yeah. And um, I always mentioned that to Mike Fredinelli. So he, he was there to vouch for me, too. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, he always talks about it. So, yeah, <laughs> that was a fun one. Because One Against the House used to be like... I still love that yeah. one. That's, that's yeah, and Loose Change. Loose Change was awesome too. Loose Change was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a really, really good film. That looked like it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, too. it looked like it was a lot of fun to shoot. Did you see the Nothing Man? No, no I haven't. Okay. Have you seen it yet? I have not. That's the one they. I think they put directly into streaming. Yeah. Right. right. Well, because it was just the two or three actors, so they're like. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, uh, Zana and um, Fred. Her boyfriend. No, her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. In real life. That yeah. I think that yeah, that's her real life boyfriend and they're in it together. So And they're Michael. Yeah, I'm Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is her boyfriend an actor too? Or yeah, yeah. He okay. was in uh he was he in was Loose, Loose Chain. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he was, he was in... in something else too. Yeah, he wasn't he in this last one? It's all it's all starting yeah, to get mixed up in my head. Yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one thing I will say is the last few Wild Dogs films have been like yeah. really yeah, good. <laughs> if you want to talk about like the performance of a lifetime, though, Matt Monaco in Autumn Moon. Oh, he was that. Yeah. I think that's number one out of every Wild Dogs performance I've ever seen. That had to be number one. Yeah, super. Because the guy's like confident, yeah. so you like can feel it. Mm -hmm. Like when he's that... like doing his lines, like. Like that guy in my head, it's just like, this is what I'm talking about when we like, to me, that's an, that's a list quality. Mm -hmm. That guy should be winning Oscars right now. That guy should be in, you know, working in a movie with Christopher Nolan or something like that. Or mm -hmm. because you see talent like that and there's, I'm not saying he's the only one that's what, that, that's that way, but that goes to show you like how many other factors go into whether you become you know famous or mm -hmm. that or end up in the a-list or not and it doesn't have to do necessarily with well talent. just because he's not there yet doesn't yeah. mean he won't be like i hope to see him i hope to see him yeah because he's incredible i yeah. look at him you know he's one of those actors that i see and i'm like should i be acting you know <laughs> what i mean you know like like when i see that i'm like you fall into the the compare and despair. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm not like that. I'm like, I think I'm a good actor, but I'm not like that. <laughs> but see, like, that's just like, it's motivating though. It's yeah. inspiring. It's like, oh, that's where I can be, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, they've been working at it a little longer. Like, Yeah, and you could tell he's so in tune with his craft. Mm -hmm. Like you could see it, it's just, he's in the zone. Mm -hmm. like, well, that's and that's because, like um, that's what's so great about acting like when you get to that point it's very um cathartic you yeah know? like you get to like use your life and your experiences to tell a story and be seen by other people yeah. who've maybe had similar experiences and you get to make other people feel seen yeah and it's just like the what i love about it is like having that 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 freedom of creativity mm -hmm. like especially like when i got to do this last role in agent of solitude i kind of asked mike i was like hey i feel like you know putting on kind of an accent you know putting on some weird character traits and he was like he was like yeah 
He's like, do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll, and I'll let you know if it's anything too much. Or change or, yeah. And he gave me complete freedom. And I was, I was actually pretty happy with how I did with that one because I was like, that is something I did not get to do for the rest. You know, that is a part of my reel that never existed before. Like mm -hmm. that character. Yeah. I was allowed to do it. I was allowed to change his voice, change his accent, all these things. I think that's like a cool part from the director's point of view is seeing how the actors kind of will interpret, interpret right? yeah. the characters and how they like bring them to life. Mm -hmm. Because that's like you guys kind of bring a little bit of your experience into it. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like, depending on who you cast, you get like a unique performance. Yeah. So. Is that something that you want to do too? Like, like, like go super like eccentric character route? Like, yeah, I like doing like if it's right for the role, if it's right for the tone of the film, then like, yeah, I love I love doing something that's totally different. Um, and you can do it because I, I mean, I, I remember seeing you um, at the. Was it the, it was the haunted house thing? Oh and yeah, like yeah, that was fun. Yeah, was and you fun. put on like, this cool accent, and you were like, "Don't cry, because if you cry, I'll fucking kill." No, I don't yeah, know if you said yeah. that, <laughs> but you, it was really cool because you like it. It was pretty effortless too. I was like, you could really like go on full on, you know, weird character route if you wanted to. Thanks. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing it from time to time. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really fun. Um, this last year, I haven't been as focused on that. I've been more focused on like the emotional work and like, you know, more internal work. But mm -hmm. like, I think it's like, I think what makes the best characters and like the funniest characters is when you combine the two, like mm -hmm. have the inner work and the like crazy, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, funny characteristics. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's all encompassing like when you get to when you have these choices to make it's like how am i going to deliver this line and what's my timing going to look like what kind of facial expressions am i going to have mm -hmm. when i that's kind of like why i like pretty soon i really want to do a comedy because mm -hmm. i think there's so many things that you can do with comedy as far as like your timing and the way you deliver certain lines and yeah. and you can be a little bit more you have more the freedom to exaggerate a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, com comedy is fun because it, it's a lot more of a challenge in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. Like there's so many little, like it's a, it's a math equation, but there's like so many little factors that can throw it off or make it even yeah. funnier that you don't realize until you're, until you see the final product and you're like, yeah. whoa, like that part was funny. That... Or, like, that didn't land the way I thought it was going to. And you yeah. don't find out until you watch it with other people. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I I like the tone of comedy, too. It's just, like, I even noticed, like, even in films and stuff, like, the color correction for comedy is completely different than when you, what they use for drama. And it I don't yeah. know. There's something bright about it and, like, very Yeah, it's a energetic. lot more saturated, a yeah. lot more light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. a fun world to live in for mm -hmm. an hour and a half or however long yeah. it is. But but I I'm a little biased because comedy's my favorite genre. Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah yeah. I'd rather watch a movie that makes you laugh than makes you feel depressed. So <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, you know what's funny is my second favorite genre is drama. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on my mood. Do I want to laugh or do I want to get depressed? <laughs> I like both of those feelings. Yes, they're like. Mm -hmm. 
they make you feel things to like a very extreme level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The movies that I don't watch too much um, are horror films. Um, until you know, until I, I got you, I got you. Until <laughs> you watch Happy Death Day. <laughs> oh yeah, Happy Death Day. Yeah, I mean, that's a funny one. <laughs> well, and the, no, no, I used to love horror films when I was a teenager, but mm. now it's like. Um, I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just I don't. I don't. I don't need to. I like a horror film that's done right. Like mm-hmm. that's really engaging and like I'm like oh that was interesting. I don't like gratuitous like gore. Like I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just not into it. Yeah. It's just it needs to be a little clever at least for me. So. Um, Did you know that there was a werewolf Santa Claus movie that came out? That I would watch. (laughs) A werewolf Santa Claus. Yeah, is that recent? Because I feel like I saw something like that. I think it came out like a few months ago. It's like an indie film from the UK. Uh, That sounds hilarious. (laughs) Wait, what's your number one genre in film? Um, Thriller. Okay. Yeah, like suspense thriller. Give me an example. Um, one of my favorite movies is Nightcrawler. I also that is a yeah. great film. One of Jake Gyllenhaal's best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, oh, that film I just told you about, Fair Play. Mm. You haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Fair Play. Who, who's in it? It's what's her name? She was in. Um... We're all. We need one of those people that just like I know you're gonna. Stuff. I know you're yeah. gonna edit this part out. That's why I feel okay doing it. It's uh, with Phoebe know. Denver and. It might be funny Alden to keep this in. <laughs> Aaron Rich. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Just, this is current. Yeah, fair play. It's a psychological thriller about oh. uh, this couple that works in the stock market. Super good. It's um. It's and, a thriller then. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's like a thriller, suspense thriller, psychological okay. thriller. Uh, that's my favorite genre. 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 That's, my, <laughs> that's my favorite genre. Like playing on okay. the characters and the psyche and and things that make you think. It's a good genre. Yeah, no, thrillers are good, but you know, like it, it's really hard to think like what what is a thriller? There's so many different kind of movies that could. Well, there's the crime thrillers, crime and then thrillers, there's like thrillers. the social commentary thrillers. Crossover like, into the horror genre yeah. too a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I was thinking about when you mentioned Nightcrawler. I remember when I watched Nightcrawler, the same year I watched that movie, I had also watched Gone Girl. Have you mm, seen Gone yeah. Girl? Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. What, what that was think? a good movie. Ma- well, I read the book first. Okay, so I mean, so I never read the book, so <laughs> yeah. maybe the book was better because people always say that. No, the movie was pretty on point. It was on point, but I think just because I already knew what oh, was going to happen, I was happen, like... Yeah. Yeah, but it was good. Like I thought the casting was perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, super well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Well, one more question: What's your to go to go music genre like? My to go music genre. Yes. Uh, well, like it depends on my mood. Um, but you know, I always fall back on two thousands rock. Okay. Good genre. <laughs> oh, well, what bands? Slipknot, okay, or Manson, Manson, okay, Zombie, Corn. Oh, um, never go wrong with. I'm porn. trying to think because I don't know that genre very well. The was, new metal was era. Tool was Tool. Tool's kind of considered. Yeah, They're I'm not more... as much into Tool. That's more. It's got a psychedelic energy, yeah, yeah, to it. Okay, so I yeah. It's a little different, but still, yeah, Tool is awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of 
that genre of rock fans also appreciate. That was like too. a time capsule of music for like. Mm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was it, a very specific time. Okay. And like well, the generation before that one kind of looks down on that music. But me and you grew up during, we were like kids during that. Yeah. Era, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with me, I mean, I think I'm closer to around a decade older than the two of you, but... Yeah, um, if we're yeah. the same age, so... Yeah, yeah, so... But I know all those bands that you guys are talking about, too, I've heard of them, I just don't know what they sound mm-hmm. like. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you one of yeah, their songs. Yeah. yeah, like, that's what my friends were, like, everyone was listening to in my friend group when I was Were like you 16. goth-like back then? Were you like, uh... into... Not, I mean, I was in heart, but mm-hmm. I didn't really have like the clothes mm-hmm. and the makeup uh-huh. and stuff. Did you listen to System of a Down? Down? Yeah, I yeah. did. Like, I'm not like their sound is a little different. It doesn't like speak to me mm-hmm. as much, but I definitely used to listen to their music a lot. Have you listened to the newer Swipknot albums? I have. I actually, okay. I really like the route they're taking with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their like, new stuff is good. So. Their new stuff is good. It's a little more melodic than their older stuff. But, like, that's what I like about Slipknot is that they always have been melodic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Boyton, any last-minute questions before we have to go? No, I mean, I'm Take care of this sure turkey. I'll come up with uh, stuff later, but the show <laughs> will be good. And we'll probably have you back on again if yes. you're as long as you're I'll down. I'll come back. And then, like... You know, we're talking like if we ever have reoccurring guests, then we could step away from uh, just like industry specific topics altogether. And we could just, you know, just go on on all sorts of tangents about different things. Or we could try writing a script together. Oh, that could like, you know what? I've seen that happen. Really? um, (laughs) But it it was crazy because it was with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino on Bad Friends. Mm. And they made crazy crazy stories like ridiculous stories they they would like one person would start the story and then you would say the next part of the story then it would be me and then him and, oh, uh, right. go around. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows what people you know what would we'd come up with yeah all right who wants to say the fun stuff the subscribe and like oh yeah um cheryl you, cheryl, say you got it. it yeah yeah okay what, are, what? what did she say right. <laughs> I guess, like, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe. Oh, yeah, you say something like, thank you for listening to Thorn the Boy. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can say it in your own way. (laughs) All right, well, thanks for listening to Thorn the Boy. This has been a really fun episode to make, and I hope you'll like and subscribe. All right. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's good. good. Uh, (laughs) I guess we should go go check on that turkey, right? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Thor and the Boy is brought to you by Magical Hammer Productions. Our producer is Bonin Kayak. This podcast is edited by Michael Flodarson. Thanks to our music tracks. Our intro track is Next Steps by Half.Cool and our ending music is Honky Tonk Jazzy theme created by Freedom Trail Studio. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for the next episode.